0: Good morning, good morning, welcome to the original Loretta Brown show, radio to open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. Oh, ah. I feel like we have to do some sound today, which I'm a sound girl, so I love it. Woohoo, it's gonna be a good day. Benny, how are you doing today?
1: Awesome, it's gonna be an electric day. See what I did
0: there? I, See there? you know okay. you're doing it you're doing it I just I felt it good I, I zapped you you did I felt it I felt it and for everybody listening uh yeah I think we could go electric a little bit electric today and um you know I have to say it I have to go there you could put a little electric in in the Bernie Sanders meme just a little little
1: that has really made my week, to be honest. They're just—they keep getting better. I mean, they do. Really? They get better well, and better. It's unbelievable yeah. the creativity that people have.
0: Yeah, I've had a lot of fun with it. I'm like, maybe they could put together a collection of them, right? I don't know.
1: You should do one for you and your show.
0: Oh, absolutely, just right. right here. So- <laughs> okay, right there. Anyway, uh, I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis. We've been around 26, 27 years now, and we're still going strong here in the greater Seattle area. You can find out more about me at ReikiOasis.com, and of course, you can schedule anything at schedule.ReikiOasis.com. We are doing our Sunday meditations with Loretta every Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you can join us during that time, it's great. It's just a little reset, a tuning in. Um, I don't know kind of brush off things bring yourself back center and if you cannot be there at 11 a.m um, just let me know and I will send you a recording of the meditation the idea of course is to kind of help us out as we go through this year of rebuilding I also have a Reiki 2 class coming up uh, in February and Uh, We are following the COVID guidelines, so most everything uh, is done through Zoom, and it has been working really well because we can do things across distance. A big shout-out to my patrons. I am a listener-supported show, and for everybody that wants to be part of that and help bring great uh, people to the show, you can go to patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show and become part of that, as they say, the inner family. So very quick check in with astrology because I want to spend a lot of time with my guest today who is doing some marvelous work and we really need to talk about it around sound and the biofield and these wonderful things that are really a part of us. But for astrology today, January 28th, I can't believe I'm saying that, we have a beautiful, beautiful full moon in Leo and it's a lucky moon because we've got sun conjunct Jupiter. Powerful, powerful energy. Many of you have been telling me what's going on. I'm very tired or I feel like I'm jingling. And these are, as I say, the energetic changes that occur when we go through some sort of an evolutionary process, which we're in the process of. It's an evolution of consciousness and light and all of the good things. But there's so many different layers of energy unfolding around this Leo full moon that for some of you sensitive people, it might feel a little erratic. So you're going to really want to listen to the show today. You might get some help. It seems like a culmination of all the volatile energies we've been working with uh, that are coming together to a head for a clearing. Uh, Quite often before we go through lasting change, there is a period of chaos. There will be some sort of what I call an activation. Something comes up. And that's all that this is, you know, it's just helping us get through. And so while there are heightened energies at this time, I always ask people, look for the silver lining, Uh, try to find the beauty in the wabi-sabi of life, you know, the cycle of life. And for those of you that were in my ladies class on Saturday with the temple, um, we are doing the Kinsuji Bowl this year as part of our... Um, beautiful dedication of, of putting our pieces back together, honoring those pieces and becoming whole. So the conjunct, the sun conjunct Jupiter is traditionally a positive omen and a time to expand our mindset and our way of looking at things that gives us the gift of seeing the bigger picture. This is a great day to do a meditation and some sort of intentions of what it is that you're letting go of and what's coming in. January 30th, we also have the first Mercury retrograde of the year, and it occurs in the sign of Aquarius. We are in the age of Aquarius. We have all these planets moving into Aquarius. We're in the month of Aquarius, and that means new thought, new ways of doing things, a fresh air, being able to take a breath, learning how to alchemize whatever has been happening into a new way of of being, and that just sounds fresh and clean and inviting like Spring cleaning already. We may notice themes resurf- resurfacing from the last Mercury retrograde that took place back at the start of November of 2020. Hmm, what was going on then? Hmm, you get to think about that. So these themes will be revisiting uh, us, and then we're working forward into February, and I'll talk more about that next month. But February 2nd, is a what we call the vibration of a two, two of a 22. And because 2021 is what we call a five year, if you if you know anything about numerology, you just add the digits, two plus zero plus two plus one equals five. And that is a vibration of change. It's a vibration that takes us forward. If it wasn't for the fives, we wouldn't be able to move forward into new things. So on February 2nd, we have the master number of 22, which is really the builder, and it's just going to be saying to us, what do you want to build? You know, we are conscious co-creators or unconscious, and we hope that we'll be more conscious. So anyway, that's a little astrology check-in, and then I'm really excited today. You know, those of you that hang out with me know that I'm a, a big music person. I love sound and music. It's an integral part of my life, and My guest today is Eileen Day-McCusick, and she's a researcher, an award-winning author of Tuning the Human Biofield, and the founder of Biofield Tuning, a groundbreaking sound therapy modality. She's an expert in the emerging field of electric health and has taught thousands how to transform effortlessly through learning to think electrically. I love that. The idea that everything is electric has transformational repercussions on the way we think about and approach physical, mental, and emotional health. And we're going to talk about uh, everything, Eileen, as well as Eileen's newest book, Electric Body, Electric Health, using the electromagnetism within and around you to rewire recharge and raise your voltage and this book is going to help you tap into the extraordinary power of electricity to heal your body and empower your life welcome to the show eileen i couldn't be more thrilled to have you here thanks loretta it's great to be here with you for you lucky people on youtube i'm showing you the cover of eileen's new book and it's just beautiful i love this i love this here And I love this idea of electric body and electric health. So, you know, you have such a wonderful history, but I'm not sure that everyone knows who you are. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how did you get onto this path of what you're doing? You know, what's the the lead in up to this book?
1: Well, I picked up my first set of tuning forks for healing back in 1996. And at the time, I had a part-time massage therapy practice. And I was very curious about health and human potential, science and spirituality. And I'm a big researcher. I love to read a lot of books and absorb a lot of information. And like many of us who are researchers, you tend to go down rabbit holes that lead other rabbit holes. And, yeah. and so that, in that moment, my rabbit hole was sound. And I had become interested in the use of vibrational healing, basically and was curious about light and music and sound and was reading everything I could get my hands on at the time. And I'd got, just finished going through this little stack of books that I had acquired uh, when these tiny forks showed up in a catalog. And so I got them. And I had some clients that I was comfortable enough to ask them to be guinea pigs. And so I started experimenting with them and was really surprised right off the bat because they didn't behave the way i thought they were going to behave they were the the c major scale and i Mm. thought that if you activated a note of c and you held it over someone that it would be an input you know it would sound like a c uh but what i discovered was it that it was actually a conversation with the body and that the overtones of the fork seemed to interface with the acoustic emissions of the body you know the ones that we can't hear but we all know that everybody gives off vibes and, and we all feel people's vibes. And so the Teen fork became kind of like this invisible ink decoder that would actually like make the vibes audible. So when I remember like the very first few times I used it, I was working with somebody who had a lot of pain in their shoulder. And when I held the fork over the shoulder, it sounded sharp. Like it really sounded sharp. Wow. And, and he said, Oh God, that sounds like how it feels. Uh, But I kept on activating the fork and putting it back in that same spot. And after just a little while, it didn't sound sharp anymore. It sounded more harmonious. And when he got up off the table and he rotated his shoulder, he discovered that all his pain was gone yeah so that so that was very curious and and so i actually did this as a hobby i stopped doing massage and actually in the very beginning i was playing with like all the things i had colored light bulbs 100 watt bulbs in every color of the rainbow right. and i had a lamp and i would like figure out what energy center people were deficient in and I'd put in that color and i had a surround sound stereo with a subwoofer under the table so i would play certain musical pieces and like really vibrate people and. Uh, they were very elaborate, like three-hour sessions. Um, but after a little while, I discovered that I could do lots of cool things with just the forks alone. You know, the lamp broke, and I had to move somewhere where I couldn't have the subwoofer, and without the subwoofer, there was no- <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. There's no life without a subwoofer, right? an award-winning t-shirt. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh,
1: so I did it as a hobby for a long time. And then in 2006, I started to discover that there was phenomena, that there was like an environment in the atmosphere around the body. And when I started exploring that with my team forks, because remember they'd change like wherever I put them based on what was going on in the body. And so when I started exploring out in what we now call the biofield or what I call the biofield, I started to discover all kinds of really wild things, and I started to have really incredible therapeutic outcomes with my clients. Wow! People that had had pain for thirty years—it was like gone in one session. People who had anxiety was gone in just a few sessions. Like it was—it was really remarkable. And I realized that I kind of stumbled onto something that was effective and that was non-invasive and that was really pretty easy to do and that it was creating the kind of results that everybody is looking for but it was really weird i was like i was like i don't even know what i'm doing i'm just like <laughs> Even a tuning fork around sixty away, and you're feeling better. Like I got a long
0: way to go before
1: I can actually bring this out into the world.
0: Oh my god, I love your story so much. I just love it so much. And um, there's so many things to say here, but uh, the the idea that sound is is, in my opinion, it's the it's this uh, building block for everything. Right? Like it's everything is built on it. Like in you know, the ancient uh, uh, Vedic scriptures or whatever, you know, they talk about, you know, Om, you know, Brahma, the creator God creates a mess. And he's like, Oh dear, what should I do? And then, you know, the goddess Sarah's body flies out of his mouth and says, well, here's, why don't you do sound and organize it into something, right? That's Loretta's short version of that. Mm -hmm. So this, this beautiful exploration, which, um, I'm just thrilled about, like, I could talk to you all day long. I'm like, I want to know more about that. Like, as you were working with these people, um, you began to map what you found. Can you talk about that? Because that to me just fascinates me. And it also brings up the issue. And I'm sorry, cause I sometimes get excited and ask multiple questions and you can take it as you wish, um. That the, the memory is not stored in the brain; it's in the body. And as a as a energy worker, I discovered that instantly. Like, oh my goodness, the memory is here. So please talk about mapping the the body and a little bit about that. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, what I discovered as I started to poke around in, in this zone, about six feet, I would start about six feet away from people. I, <clears throat> I found a membrane like at the outer boundary of the field. I would hit something that had a lot of charge and resistance and it took a little while for me to understand that it was a membrane because a lot of the images we've seen of like auras or humor, human energy fields kind of appear to be, they sort of diffuse and fade out and what i actually discovered was a structure that's more like a torus that uh, is a bubble basically with a spiral channel down the middle and it's fractally the same as the earth's magnetosphere the ionosphere that you know there's a boundary there an electromagnetic boundary and the sun has one too called the heliosphere so it's a you know technically it's a plasma double layer membrane that creates the outer boundary of the bubble that is our biofield. And what I was finding within this membrane were standing waves of information, energy and information. And as I passed a fork through the field, it's kind of like dropping a needle on an album. And as I moved in, it, it was really like listening to and feeling what I discovered to be the record of people's lives and I started to observe patterns. So patterns in the tone, the tonality that the fork would change. I think the first place that I noticed was that every time I heard a tone that was sad, and and there's many iterations of sadness. There's, There's like a keening or a wailing, there's loneliness, there's deep grief. Like there's a, you know, music seeks to evoke of this pure language of vibration that is emotion. And so the tuning forks do the same thing as they're passing through a memory that is sad, they, they reflect that sadness. And, and I, as a practitioner, hear it and feel it in my body. It might stimulate that memory in the person I'm working with. They might cry and and, and have a release. So these are, what I found was these pockets of emotion that were maybe generated, but never expressed almost like trapped sound in these memories. And when I stuck a fork in them, it was kind of like popping a bubble. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: Just stick a fork in it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So the sound is able to direct that. I guess I'll use the word energy or frequency, you know, whatever it is, it's able to direct it or open it or, um, Balance it. It's it's a question. Mm-hmm. Well, initially resonate with it.
1: Resonate. Because that's what the team do. You know, they mm-hmm. listen and they resonate and they reveal the tonal pattern, the arrangement of what is present. And <sighs> and so there's this ability to just be with and to feel, and to really just and for me as a provider to just witness with that person. Like, wow, this time was really sad. Like, I really hear and feel that with you. And so I'm there with them in that experience, and they might cry, mm-hmm. but the body mm-hmm. does an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. The body is a self-tuning instrument, mm-hmm. and it likes to hear itself in tune. And so when it's given the opportunity, the reflection, to hear its own out-of-tuneness, and a tuning fork like a metronome, it's a steady coherent input, that the body can actually use that feedback to auto adjust itself and the body will start to relax. People will feel all of a sudden they'll feel lighter and the breath opens and becomes more free. So suddenly that tangled memory, that uncomfortable emotion that's been hanging out with charge and discomfort in your memory banks and in your body, you know, it might be coming into your left shoulder and your left shoulder is really hurting. Yeah. Um, suddenly gets to get relaxed and resolved. Well, first to witness, because that's super important. And then and then it relaxes and then it releases. And that part of our memory banks harmonizes on a certain level. And the energy that was trapped there, that was frozen there, that sound that we didn't express, those tears that we didn't shed, gets released from that part of our body's electrical system. And then the tuning forks are cool, because not only are they like a metronome, but they also act like a magnet which is something that I kind of discovered way back in the beginning, that if I hit a loud spot, I was like, okay, this is loud, which means it's full of energy. And it's over here by the shoulder, it probably should be in the energy center. And I discovered that I could, again, stick the fork in it, I would call it click, drag and drop, I could click on it and drag it and then drop it into the body. And it would feel like suddenly it had gone back into circulation. So this is Priofiling and what I do with the sound is a process of like finding the noise in the signal, supporting the body and resolving it, and then and then kind of ushering the trapped energy that
0: was in it back into circulation and flow. I just love I just love this so much. I just I'm just like, yeah, that's it. That's absolutely it. I'm um, being with the fact that the sound—it's—it's um, it's almost, almost like a som- sonar thing, but the sympathetic resonance where it will, like you say, resonate with it, and then the body hears it. You're hearing it also, right? Um, when you're working uh, around the body, when you were mapping the body, you know, because you're you're. It's pretty specific, like, you know, if it's over the left shoulder, it's probably this, and if it's the right shoulder, it's that, right? Did you receive information? Like, did you just feel it? Did you know it? I I think you know what I'm asking, like, I do. yeah, what was the feedback for you? Mm-hmm. That's
1: a really good question, because I found from the very beginning, when, when I first started playing with the forks, that when the tone would change, that Um, a note would drop in. So I talk about, in in my book, I talk about this concept called the mail slot, M-A-I-L slot. And I see it, it's almost like a little trap door at my, you know, my atlas. And it'll, it'll swing open and a little note will drop in and it'll say sadness age 12 or frustration or, you know, it just, it just drops in and I don't really know where it comes from, but I don't, argue and because it just became very accurate and actually i was at a conference once um, my my colleague and friend tiffany barsodi who i didn't know at that point but she had a slide and said that there's a minor chakra at the atlas called the um oh no now i'm gonna forget it um alta major and it's also known as the mouth of god
0: yeah
1: so when i saw that at the slideshow i'm like that's my mail slot <laughs> it's like it's the mouth of god i didn't even know it <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I just, yeah. Um, you know, and, and we talked earlier about, you know, coming out of the mouth. Uh, that's, that's absolutely right. There is a chakra there called the mouth of, of God, right? So it's speaking yeah. to you that your mail slot is, is, just telling you. Yeah. Um, so that, that's how, that's how it worked.
1: Like in the beginning, you know, and it took a few years to map the field and to figure out like what was going on where, but it really was a process of pattern recognition, you know, and be yeah. like, oh, i heard that there before and it meant this. So I was like, I'd be like, were ny- you in a car accident when you're around 15? And people were like, oh my God, yeah, how do you know? But it's just because there's a particular sound, like the way that the field works from a timeline perspective, okay? And remember, this is all hypothetical. Yes, yes. What I would find, I'd find information from gestation in that double layer membrane And and I'd find information from like preconception on the outer part of the membrane and like ancestral information. But then just inside the membrane was the record of somebody's birth. So if somebody had a traumatic birth or if they got stuck or there was an emergency, the fork would absolutely reflect and work with that. In fact, the whole sort of precognitive conception to three zone is where so many of our tracks get laid down and so many of our initial wounds happen and there aren't many ways that we can get to that but we can stick a fork in them actually and and help to resolve those early difficult formative impressions Um, and then as we move in towards the body we're we're moving through the person's timeline and so if somebody's 60 i'm going to find memories from when they were 30 about three feet away from them so as we, as we generate emotional experiences, we, you know, just our whole life is really electromagnetic. I mean, if you think about it, every single impression that we receive is electromagnetic. What mm-hmm. we see, what we smell, what we hear, what we feel, our body translates that all into electromagnetic signals. So it would make sense that it's stored in our body's electromagnetic system in standing waves, magnetically encoded in standing waves. And this biofield is, you know, our biography becomes our biology. So if we've had a lot of stress and we've taken a lot of hits, we've got a lot of noise and resistance in our signal. And if this is the blueprint of the body and the body's referring to a place where there's noise and static and it doesn't have all the juice it needs due to inflammation somewhere else, uh, it's going to start to fail. So this is a way of actually getting the electrical body in shape, getting the noise and resistance out of the signal. And and then that allows the physical body to
0: enter into a state of flow. I am like, my brain is exploding right now. I love it so much. So uh, I'm like, oh, I've got to do this. I've I've got to, I have to. So, um, but I'm thinking about how everything is electric and about that signal that comes in you know we talk about electric energy and we talk about magnetic energy and um, and the biofield that like can you talk a little bit about what energy are we utilizing when we're doing energy medicine are you using both of those in your vibrational and i don't know if vibrational medicine is the right word to use for what you're doing
1: yeah, yeah. i mean as far as i can tell you know we, we're electromagnetic beings Anything, it's a simple law of physics that anything that has an electric current running through it has a magnetic field around it. They're two sides of the same coin. You can't really separate them. And so initially, the definition of the biofield was volunteered to describe the hypothetical field that may or may not exist. Right. And and really with no reference to uh, the fact that the heart is running on electricity, the brain and you know the body is running on electricity. And the more I've studied it, and the more I've paid attention and sought to understand. I feel like the biofield is the body's electrical system in its entirety. It isn't just the field. We can't separate that from the electric current that is powering your heart and your cells and all of that, but it's really one of the same. And that the presence of a biofield is determines whether an organism is living or dead, that when we're alive and our light is on, that's because we have electric juice running through us. You know, if you have a heart attack and your heart stops, they jumpstart it with the same electricity from the wall. <laughs> so so this is our, our very primary essence. I mean, I would even go so far as to call it our soul.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and one of my reasons for asking those questions is to, because I love your book, It you have a lot of science, and you've done a lot of research, and I know you're still doing research. And I'm just going to say this, I don't know if it's accurate or not, but to be able to bring this into more of it's not this isn't woo woo, it's science, right? This is really a a part of us, our biofield and and all of the things, you know, that go along with that. And to be able to bring this in as a science or as something that's like, yeah, this really is going on. And then to bring sound into that, too. And I know we do ultrasound. I know we do things like that. Right. But this kind of takes it to a whole new level. So, yeah. yeah. I, you know, one of the things we just launched a new website
1: called electrichealth.com. And one of the things that I've done there is I've compiled at least 40 uh, peer reviewed articles about the biofield and about biofield research in science, that it is a field of science and that it is getting peer reviewed and, and it is emerging. In fact, yeah, I just learned that there's a group of people who, uh, philanthropists who've put together a large pot of money to advance the science and understanding of the biofield, just like we advance the understanding of the genome and we map the genome. Now the next big thing is to map the biofield and to start to really understand it's to stop dismissing it as woo-woo. It isn't. It's really simple. And honestly, I yeah. can't believe nobody said it earlier. <laughs> like, what's the energy in energy medicine? It's electricity. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that (laughs) like
0: there's nothing cool about it (laughs) (laughs) I love that it's really really great so um we're gonna take a little station break and um uh Benny if you're there and uh my guest today Eileen Day McCusick, her book Electric Body Electric Health and of course we did a lot of talking about the the tuning of the uh bio biosphere biofield right Uh, and um don't go away because when we get back we're really going to talk more about her book and i want to ask her about plasma and ether and all kinds of lovely things like that so anyway we'll be right back
1: did you know that reiki healing can be done at a distance it's true so let reiki oasis focus powerful energy to help relieve your stress grief sadness anger and so much more Convenient, personalized treatments at a distance can increase lightness of being. During your appointment, find a quiet place to lie down or sit to receive healing energies. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy. Visit ReikiOasis.com today. Five things you need to know about measles in 30 seconds. The vaccine was developed in 1963, and measles became rare in the U.S., but low vaccination rates are now causing outbreaks that may put you at risk. Measles is highly contagious and spreads easily when an infected person breathes or coughs. Measles can have serious complications and can be deadly. It's also easy to prevent with a vaccine that's safe and effective. Please make sure you and your loved ones are vaccinated. Learn more at nfid.org measles. Alternative Talk 1150, here to uplift your day.
0: Thank you, Betty. (laughs) I feel electric. I want to listen to the whole song. I'll have to do it later. Anyway, welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my just delightful guest, Eileen Day-McCusick. We're talking about her new book, Electric Body, Electric Health. Just get it right now. Just don't wait and, and, and just do it. And um, also, if you want to learn more about the tuning forks and all of that, she's got that uh, uh, tuning the human biofield out there. So, <clears throat> excuse me, just a minute. Um, you know the throat. Um, we were talking just a little bit uh, at the break about animals, and I do want to bring that out to the listening audience. So, um, can we do this with animals, and how does that work, and what happens, and just. Yeah, repeat that what kind of what you said during the break.
1: Yeah, we can absolutely do it on animals. We can do it on animals in person, although not every animal jives with it in person. Some animals will line up to get the sonic slider rubbed on them, which is a tuning fork that I invented, um, or will show up, you know, to, to just be around while sessions are being conducted. Uh, but all of them are able to receive it at a distance. And we have story after story after story of animals that have had, you know, trauma from don't like loud noises or strange people yeah, yeah. or things like that, responding so amazingly. In fact, I we adopted three uh, puppies we found on the side of the road in Jamaica. Oh. We found three five week old puppies on the road and they've been on the road for a week and they were all traumatized. And we had them, we, we brought them home and we have them now, they're three years old, but one of them was a little high strung and a little neurotic and, uh, and so I had a friend do a distance tuning on her and, and she changed like that, it, it was instant and dramatic. And, and it stayed. <laughs> so, you know, it's such an easy solution for people who have animals that are having a hard time, that, that somebody can wave tuning forks around in, in their office somewhere far away. And it actually impacts the nervous system, the electrical system of your animal.
0: You know, that that actually brings up a really good point. And, and, and I'm going to call it the connectedness of all that is. And you you and I have been kind of tapping around the, the edges of, you know, this biofield and you also, in your book, you bring out this idea of the connected light in all things. So go a little bit more into that connectedness and talk about it.
1: Well, in order for me to understand the phenomena that I encountered with biofield tuning, when, when I, was, I was finding stuff in the field and I could move the stuff with my fork, I was like, what is this stuff? that I'm encountering. And like what law of physics governs the fact that a tune fork can move it? I was like, yeah. is sound magnetic? You know, I'd go online, I'm like, is sound magnetic? <laughs> I couldn't find, I couldn't find anything. They would talking about music being magnetic. And I think we all have that sense that music yeah. can be magnetic. You know, the song comes on and immediately your body starts moving, your toes start happening. like you can't control it, right? It's controlling you. That It's an electromagnetic resonance that is acting on you. Uh, now, in the years since, articles have come out that that has shown that sound does in fact have magnetic qualities. But at the time, 10 years ago, I wasn't finding anything. And so, so I was really seeking to understand what was, what was happening. And I, I actually ended up going to college as an adult. And writing a master's thesis uh, called Exploring the Effects of Audible Sound on the Human Body and its biofield. So I, I took a deep dive academically yeah. and scientifically. I didn't want to call it G. It didn't, I was like, I can't, that doesn't work for me. Yeah. I was raised in a secular Western education. I need a scientific language. Is this a phenomenon? Like there's mass here. <laughs> like this is something that needs to be studied and understood by science. And so what it led me to was the discovery and the subsequent beginning to understand. A fourth state of matter so i had learned about three states of matter i learned about solid liquid and gas and then i discovered that there was a fourth state of matter called plasma and and i couldn't believe that i had never heard of it because it makes up something like 99.999 percent of the universe I'm like how is there a state of matter that's this consequential that somehow i never learned about and when i started learning about it and then teaching about it you know i'd be giving a talk and i'm like so here here who here is sort of plasma like not the blood plasma and nobody would raise their hand nobody would ever raise their hand so somehow we all missed an entire state of matter but the the body the biofield is a bioplasma it is a living electrical organism Right. So so when I started to understand that the sun is a plasma, that when we get a a coronal mass ejection of plasma, like that's charged particles. And when it hits our upper atmosphere, it takes the plasma that's been in dark current mode and changes it to glow mode. And we get northern lights. This is all electrical activity. And and there's flows of electromagnetic energy that move around the surface of the Earth. They're called telluric currents. Like are those the same things as dragon lines or ley lines or song lines? I think so.
0: <laughs> so I, 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 I agree with that. I'm I'm really listening to you. I like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So not only are we electromagnetic beings, but we live in an electromagnetic environment. And so for the last few years, I've been uh, collecting all these articles that have been coming out. In fact, those are at the website, too. So not only is there peer-reviewed science about the biofield, but there's also all these articles that say that our gut bacteria is electric and communicates electrically and that there's electricity in the soil and that the moon is electric, all from things like National Geographic and science and nature, like mainstream publications sort of spilling the beans about the electrical nature of life. And I compiled them all. So there's dozens and dozens of articles there that just supports this hypothesis. And, uh, and so I had to learn about plasma, right? So that that was a whole new, but then I discovered there was another state of matter that was also <laughs> hidden. <laughs> and, and that's, I use the term ether because that's the classical term. Basically what the ether is, is it's the luminiferous ocean of clear light that all vibrations arise in and move through and that basically weaves itself into what we see and perceive as material reality. But fundamentally, it's all just woven light from the same ground state of being. And because it's all one thing, so these are both connecting states of matter, right? Because we've been indoctrinated into a cosmology of separation and darkness dark energy, dark matter. It's all mysterious. Black holes suck in light. Space is an empty vacuum. Nobody can hear you. It's all random and pointless and chaotic and cold. Like, life sucks in that (laughs) cosmos.
0: Wait, I thought that was true. No. (laughs) Especially this past year. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead.
1: Now, when I discovered plasma, it's like, actually, space isn't an empty vacuum. It's filled with plasma of different densities. And, and actually, all the galaxies are connected through these bridges and ropes of plasma. I mean, pictures of it. now you can see the electrically connected universe and how it looks like the brain and electrically connected neurons. And sound does travel through space. It travels through plasma. They're called alpha waves. So space isn't an empty vacuum. It isn't all dark and disconnected. It's actually full of light, and it's actually connected.
0: Wow, uh, you're just lighting me up. Um, I'm I'm thinking to myself so many p- probably random thoughts, but it's being triggered by what you're saying. So, if everything is electric, right? So the moon is electric, and and I don't like I say I don't know if it's the proper language, but it's like then that emits a certain frequency, or your body is electric, and different parts of the body are electric, and Maybe a virus is electric or a thought is electric. Right. Yeah. I mean, you could also call it vibrational.
1: Yeah. For me, it's just waves. It's all waves. Music it's all is waves. waves. It's all just waves, and it's all waves in the ether. And you know, we've been we've been told that that space is an empty vacuum and that light doesn't require a medium to travel through. Like they used to believe in the ether. But then it got and but then it got taken out of our cosmology and and anybody who tried to like understand it or make use of it in science got ridiculed and and so this whole idea of the ether was just sucked away from us this connecting unifying medium and replaced with
0: the empty vacuum and so, so there's five states of matter then which is solid yeah. liquid gas plasma and ether, ether would would be a way of saying it yeah okay.
1: Exactly. And ether spins itself. So ether is dielectric, and it polarizes into positive and negative. And then everything is the dance between positive and negative, yin and yang, like that's, that's the dance of the polarization of ether and that gives rise to electricity to plasma. So ether spins itself into plasma and plasma condenses into gas, gas condenses in liquids and then solid so all states of matter precipitate from the ether.
0: Wow. I I just you've just lit me up my head's going like crazy I have a question and it's right in alignment with that you talk in your book about increasing voltage or the level of voltage as opposed to raising vibration so could you please go into that because I think this is the right place for that question sure so I like to play around with the metaphor of the
1: battery meter So if you think about your electric body and and how it's where your energy and your focus and your drive and everything comes from the part of you that's living and alive. So on a scale of one to 100, where is your battery meter at right now? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. A number always comes to mind. Yeah. It just kind of pops right in, right? Mine feels like it's at 100 at the moment, actually, to be perfectly honest. Um, but that's because I pay really close attention to my electric health. Like I, I notice when I need to recharge. A lot of us discharge and discharge and discharge, and we don't recharge enough, and then we're bumping around in the bottom of our tank. Mm-hmm. And I know I spent years like that years and i had chronic mid-back pain and i had miserable digestion and i had a short fuse and low-grade infections and <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's part of that universe you described a moment ago <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was and it started to change when i discovered plasma actually and i and now i think of my digestion like a electric incinerator and i can eat anything like bread and cheese and like ice cream like bring it on Uh, But I sure didn't used to feel that way. (laughs) I couldn't eat those things or I would suffer. And so
0: would everyone around me. So, Um. (laughs) so I want to, I want to pick at that for just a moment. So the, the, the resonance discovering plasma, this resonance, this journey you've been on, you have changed your frequency or the foods, or you've just come into balance.
1: Well, you know, when people talk about raising their frequency, I get that, but for me as a a sound therapist and also as an author and a wordsmith, I, I like to think really carefully about the words I choose and use and how I observe, like when I say those, or I watch other people say those words, like what happens in their body? And so a lot of times when people talk about raising their frequency, there's this kind of almost going up and out. And for people who've had trauma and who've responded to that through disassociation, it's kind of a similar pathway. Right. It's sort of like, oh, you know, everything's down there is base and uncomfortable and gross and icky and dense. And, you know, I'm just going to ascend into the fifth dimension <laughs> where everything will be better. And, and I'm just gonna be full of love and light. And <clears throat> I think that that makes people tend to judge and bypass their own uncomfortable or what people call negative emotions. Right. Yeah. And. And what I've really found is that people are loaded up with all of these suppressed, judged, negative emotions. And what that does is anytime an emotion arises in you, so an emotion is a wave from an electromagnetic vibrational standpoint, life plucks our strings and, and we reverberate and we reverberate in whatever emotion comes up and every emotion has its own little sound that it, that it makes. And and if we allow that wave to follow its natural process, which is it's generated, rise up, it crests into awareness, gets expressed in some way, and then it falls away. And as these waves rise up, they they create molecules in the body this is the work of candace pert who wrote a book called molecules of emotion mm-hmm. so if all of a sudden somebody does something that makes you really angry and you stuff it you go grab something or you know to put in your mouth i used to use sugar to yeah. suppress anger i'm like oh i never get angry like i'm spiritual <laughs> I'm like, brownie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh,
1: <yes>. and uh, <laughs> then, then those molecules of anger stay they don't they don't get recycled because that wave didn't break and now you've had to put energy into like holding that emotion back and people do what i call stuff and blow where they just like stuff and stuff and stuff until they can't anymore and then they blow and then they blow with too much velocity and people around them go whoa whoa and then and then they they're like oh this never works you know (laughs) i don't like confrontation and then they just go back to stuffing Yes. Right. So a lot of us mismanage our emotions and, and it's really the mismanagement of emotions more than anything that lowers our voltage, actually. Ah, oh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So we need to be real about the emotions we're experiencing and Lord knows in this last year and who knows what we've got coming. Like you can't be Christ or Buddha, like stop expecting yourself to be, I think this is new age, thing that where we have to be all like freaking holy and then we judge ourselves when we're not I don't think it's helpful at all yeah thank you I'm like yes (laughs) yeah I think that we need to be real about whatever we're feeling and we need to find healthy ways to express those emotions you know Mm -hmm. people are surprised to hear I say I cry every day I do. I, I cry a little bit every day. I was somebody's mom was just 95 years old and 75 year partner, you know, 75 year husband just died. And it's their first anniversary without him. And I just sat there thinking about it. I'm like, Oh my God, that's so sad. And I cried like, that's okay. And like a minute later, I was fine. But I think that this ability to just let ourselves feel and be real about what we're feeling is so, so important. And that we've had this whole process of, uh, suppression like even mindfulness meditation is like sit down and shut up yeah and, and i think what we really need to do is yeah. get up and make noise we need to sing and we need to dance and we need to beat pillows and everybody's got so much held in and health is getting it out in a healthy way and then allowing it to just flow freely and so that more than anything being real about and allowing all of our emotions um is going to raise our voltage and And so that, so this idea of raising our vibration is like things that like higher is better somehow, but that's also an error in thinking because we need to go into Delta to sleep. Like, you know, everybody loves the bass. Like we need these low frequencies in our lives. We're part of creation and every single vibration is part of creation. We don't want to demonize the lower in celebration of the higher, we're just pulling into this hierarchical thing. Yeah. So when when our voltage is high, we radiate in every direction. We, we expand, actually. We don't just go up. I mean, why just go up when you can go every direction? <laughs> <laughs> radiance. And, and then, yeah, radiance. And then what we want to do is we want to clarify our signal. We want to bring our signal in tune. We want to find our vibrational sweet spot and radiate from there. right? These are all just much more useful language and really kind of true about what that experience is like.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I so agree with you because I, I work a lot with people like, like you do. Right. And, and I have told people for years that this, this, I find that a lot of this vertical, you know, raise my vibration. I find people exiting their bodies and their bodies are stewing in all of this, emotional cesspool is what i call it and and it's like we've got to come back down to address it and they don't want to come in because it's a it's it's lovely up here but yeah. not so good down here so uh, i kind of call it bringing heaven to earth but i i i like it in your book you <laughs> you have a lovely turn um moderate hedonism right <laughs> which i just loved when i read that i went yeah that's it you know we have to be at the living level of life we're we're actually here yeah right? we're actually Absolutely. here
1: yeah. yeah. And, and embodied. I mean, the, the bliss you seek is actually from embodiment, not from escaping the body.
0: Yeah, that's actually true.
1: Yeah. And yeah, there might be a lot of pain and a lot of emotional stuff in there, but you already went through it once. Like, it's not that hard to go through it again. And you got to feel it to heal it. You got to descend into your body because that's where the juice is. You know, it's, that's where we want to be. We want to yeah. be down yeah. and in and grounded and, 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 imbo- and like loving
0: it. So we're, we're, we're looking at voltage, right? Like if your voltage is low, so what are the things that a person can do to raise their voltage? And um, yeah. And can you talk about the sonic slider? Yeah. Sure. I can.
1: Okay. So one of, uh, one of the things you can do to raise your voltage is use the sonic slider. I don't have one handy. Do you have one handy? No, I don't. I realized it's in the back room. I went, oh, Well, um, you can learn about that on our website, uh, biofieldtuning.com. The sonic slider is a tuning fork that has a nice long handle and a really comforting vibration. And you actually rub the handle on your body and it imparts coherent mechanical energy to your body. So it helps your body to become more organized and more energized, just on a very basic level. And it's just a good self-care practice. But other things that you can do. So the number one thing that where we get our juice from, isn't from food, right? Because people can go for weeks without food, it's not from liquids because we can go days without that. But where we're getting most of the electricity that our body is running on is through our breath. And when we start to think electrically, uh, we discover that the oxygen molecule actually has four free electrons that, and it's these electrons that bind magnetically to the hemoglobin in our blood. And it is these little packets of light, of juice, of of electrical energy, of movement, and what all of life runs on, that get dropped off at our cells, and then get turned into currency within the cells. So we're running on, on the electricity that we're breathing. And if you are not breathing sufficiently. And so many people hold their breath. So many people will just unconsciously go into like a, you know, no breath state and then wonder why they're so exhausted at like three in the afternoon. So, so a cornerstone, a really important keystone of electric health is free, uh, rhythmic, celebratory, joyful, grateful breath. And Biofield tuning helps to facilitate that because every place where you've got a hang up in your electrical system, every place where you've got a little traffic jam going on or all these knots or tangles, there's a corresponding area in your body where there's not a lot of juice moving there. There's not a lot of movement and there's maybe some emotional pain that you're trying to not go there, but you're not bringing breath and oxygen to that area. And that's the kind of environment that cancer starts in. Yeah where there is no oxygen, where there's no juice, where there's no love and light and consciousness and acceptance, right? So so we want to um, breathe. We want to use our voice. Our own voice makes electricity in our brain and in our bodies, and you can hum, and you can sing, and you can chant, and those will, you can sing at the top of your lungs in your car, and that (laughs) will juice you up yeah and if you can add dancing and singing into the mix like but you know if you've ever had a night where you had a, been at a great concert and you've sang and you've danced you yeah. know you're for hours after. Yeah. yeah you, can, you can that in your kitchen while you're making dinner <laughs>
0: yeah right yeah so, i love um, it absolutely yes yeah. humming singing vocalizing and and whatnot yeah um, and let me give you one more mm-hmm. uh, telling the truth <gasps>
1: Speaking truth, like anytime we tell an untruth, anytime we hold back our truth, anytime we bite our tongue, especially anytime we text even like a little white lie, you're putting your electrical system out of integrity. And if you can make a commitment that you will only speak, you will only write, you will only communicate truth and that you will do it in a way that's kind and respectful and effective,
0: that's going to go a long way towards raising your back. I love that one because I think everybody experiences when they're not being entirely truthful, they're just downward uh, in the body. Right. So we've got like maybe a minute left or something. I don't quite know. Um, Do you have any classes coming up? Do you, where can people find you and your book and, and, and last beautiful words to everybody? All right.
1: Well, you can find the book at any major retailer online. You can go order from your local indie bookseller and they'll get it for you. Um, You can learn about biofield tuning and uh, uh, all about all the different tools that we sell at biofieldtuning.com. We have a virtual certification program. So if you want to learn how to do biofield tuning, you can become fully certified in the comfort of your own home now, thanks to 2020. And uh, I have one live event scheduled for 2021 at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York from July 9th to 11th. I'll be doing an electric body, electric health, raise your voltage workshop. So you'll get to get really immersed in um, understanding electric health, getting all charged up and really health is so much easier through an electric lens. Like I spent decades and thousands of dollars trying to solve my problems in the world of solid liquid and gas and I didn't. I didn't, and it wasn't until I tuned into the electrical bandwidth and I started thinking electrically that I was able to solve all of those problems. And I'm confident that if you read this book and you start to learn more about this, you're gonna find yourself solving all
0: problems as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is Loretta Brown. My guest today, Eileen Day-McCusick. Electric body, electric calf, it's electric. Have an electric week. Lots of love. Enjoy the moon.